This is a study in distinct contrasts. From the heat of Ghana to a Minnesota winter, from a small school in a West African village to a giant high school in the U.S. Midwest, from a Muslim upbringing in an orphanage to life with a family of pig farmers. Sometimes you just can't make this stuff up. You're listening to 2233, a podcast of exchange stories. Sometimes in football, you have to make a decision quicker, either to kick, to score, or to pass to somebody, depending on what you need to make a quick decision. So I actually tried to pass because the other two defenders were, were on me. You, when you are playing football, you're just concentrated on the ball. I managed to dribble one defender, and because the other one came, I tried to pass, and it felt my leg was not pushing the ball enough to pass the ball. So what do I do? I tried to dribble again, and it actually worked. And the only chance I had was to use my left foot. I had to kick the ball and kick it to the, the, the far end of the pool where the, the keeper had dived and he couldn't reach it. And it was quite surprising because I'm, my best foot is my right, and I actually scored with my left. And he just ruled, ruled, and the keeper had jumped, but I kicked it so well that it was far away of his reach, and it went to the net. This week, using a computer for the very first time, winning a debate, and wearing black and white and pink at a prom. Join us on a journey from Accra, Ghana to Austin, Minnesota, and teaching young people 21st century skills. It's 2233. We report what happens in the United States, warts and all. Exchanges shaped who I am. And when you get to know these people, they're not quite like you. You read about them. They are people very much like ourselves. And oh, that's what we call cultural exchange. Ooh, yes. My name is Inusa Akansuke Al Hassan. I'm from Ghana. I'm from Tamale the northern part of Ghana. And I came on the YES program, which is the Youth Exchange and Study. Uh, I came all the way to Austin, Minnesota for my exchange year. I went to Austin High School. And currently, as a YES alumni, after the program, I went back to my country. I've been involved in so many other projects. I started by training young people at the public schools, uh, skills in computer. Currently, I started a public, uh, computer school myself after all that projects, going to the public schools to teach. And then I started a school uh, which is called the AKGS Computer School in 2016. In Ghana, to get opportunity to travel, especially to the United States, was a big honor. At the interview, I explained to them, I made them understand my background. I'm actually an adopted child. I had the opportunity to go to school. My other siblings didn't have the opportunity because basically my biological parents wouldn't have been able to take care of my education or they couldn't have afforded my education. So my guardian parents who adopted me took care of my education, my health, my well-being, almost everything, till I got to the high school where the YES program found me. They knew I was, to them, I believe I'm brilliant or I'm, I'm, I'm good. And then I was, I was selected for the program. And that's how I got to Austin, Minnesota.
I would say just waking up and then finding myself in Austin, Minnesota. Just a little bit, it, it was quite different because in Ghana, you know, we we, we watch movies, we, we see a lot of information, uh, news in uh, in the media. And, you know, we just think of, uh, okay, if I'm coming to the U.S., I'm coming to New York City. I'm looking forward to see Las Vegas. So basically, you had uh, this concept of the U.S. as big bigger cities. And one of the cultural shock would be uh, coming to a farming community in Austin, Minnesota. My host parents were actually farmers. They raised um, pigs for the Homel Corporation in Austin. Yeah, and I'm a Muslim. Coming to that situation was quite of a strange thing to me, but I was prepared for this challenge and I got, I fit in very well because I decided to actually help my host parents at their barn, at their farm, as when they raised pigs. So when it has to do it, giving shots, that is giving treatments to the, um, the little ones, that's the piglets. I, I helped them do that, but uh, they understood me, they understood my religion, they respected me. I don't eat pork, so they made sure that any time we had meal, they get me something different. Either they get me chicken or turkey. Coming to a white family from a black background and being the only black person in a white family from the beginning you you take time to adjust because you uh, i believe they for them they were ready for it because there were so many other students and they chose to host me so i believe they were ready for it but how i was going to transition into the family was uh, was quite uh, a challenge for me from the beginning at first when i came i was a little bit cautious because i don't you know sometimes we hear of these challenges terms of the uh, racial um, discrimination. Do they really want to do this? Do they really want me in their home? Do they really want me in their family? Then I got to fit in very well, especially my host brother, Tana, whom I shared a room with. He basically did not care anything I asked of. He, he was willing to answer. And then with time, I, I now saw the relationship clearer. They helped me transition into their family and feel accepted. Things started uh, feeling better and settling in when I had uh, started school and I got to make some friends. So now I have a balance, friends at school and then family at home. I felt I knew the, I knew the town better. I knew my way around. Coming to a new um, environment, at first, you know, people might show you around. If you're not careful, you get lost. Just want to go out and then have a look around because you are afraid maybe you get missing somehow. But after two months, I, I felt I actually uh, got a hold of it. In Ghana, the educational system is quite different from the U.S. The U.S. is more um, liberal, I would say. It made me accountable. When you had to change class, you have to go back quick to your locker and then take some other books then you go to the next class. So if you don't get there in like, I think it was just five minutes to, to switch classes. And then there was something they called tardy. Uh, it's basically lateness, but you are not absent. So one time my host mom had asked me why I was absent in school. I said, no. If you were late to a class about three times, it it resulted to be like you missed a class. So the, my classes kept pushed me because that was not my experience in Ghana. Because in Ghana, you just sit in one class and then your, your teachers come in and go. 
But in the US, you had to run around the hall. Sometimes you have a class like at the other side of the school. So you need to be quick. In the US, when you're in school, basically when you're doing assignments or you're doing homework, one way or the other would use the, the computer because perhaps you need to type your assignment. Of course, this, they didn't pay attention if I could type or not. No teacher gave assignments would care of if you could type or not, but most of the kids knew how to type. So I was wondering, was it from the maybe previous classes, maybe from middle school or what? So it, it was quite a challenge for me, typing. So I had to find ways to, to actually learn how to type. My exposure to computers and the internet due to my experience in the U.S. with the educational system led me to starting my own computer school in, in Ghana right now. I bring this um, um, experience to other children back home who perhaps will not have the opportunity that I had. participated in debate and actually won a first place trophy. I was the only student who had won a trophy in debate that year. I was so proud of that and I was an exchange student. You know, or exchange student coming all the way from Ghana, you had no idea of the US, you have no idea of the US educational system and you had to even go to a debate and the debate had a format. They called it the Lincoln Douglas format of debate. I actually got frustrated in the middle of the competitions that I was attending. So when I go to this competition, sometimes I'm last, sometimes I'm fourth. You, you, you wonder why. Sometimes you debate and you felt you did good. But when the results come, it appears that you are second or third or even fourth. So finally, finally, I was so excited that the very last competition in that competition that I actually won first. There was this event that we did in school, talent show, where I actually came and performed my traditional dance to the audience. My host family and family friends had come to the event because they knew I was going to perform. I performed my cultural dance, excellent. And on top of that, the whole school became so popular. When I performed Michael Jackson, that was, that was basically one of the most exciting experiences. I came to a school and get to the end of the year, I became so popular in the school. People even wanted to take pictures with me, and it was so awesome. I was basically seen as the most talented dancer in the school. Prom. Prom was like something different. You know, getting to go to a school dance, getting to dress up. It was basically the end of the school year, so you're just like on top. You don't necessarily need to be dating someone have a date to prom, it's just about asking someone who'd also want to go to the dance. That was uh, quite challenging for me because who do I ask? I didn't know how it worked. It appeared I had, I had to ask earlier than later. Maybe you think, okay, I performed the dance. I was so popular in the school. So if I should ask somebody for prom, I could easily get anyone. No, no, um, I had to ask earlier. But you know, it's not about asking the person to out for dating, but just for prom. Then uh, finally, finally, there was one other friend. I spoke to her and then she, uh, she, she agreed. And uh, my host parents actually got me a black suit and a trousers. Now the challenge was how would it match with the lady's uh, dress. With this lady, her dress was actually hand sewn by her. 
black and white and then pink. I had the black suit already. Then I simply would just have a get a white shirt. For the pink, now what do we do with the pink? So she actually sewed something like a, a handkerchief that I could just put in the pocket that was pink. And she, it was the lady, the girl that, uh, the lady that gave me that um, handkerchief to, so that it would just match. And I think that was one of the greatest experience. And I still have, I still have the, the, the photos, the pictures. I expected to see snow, but the experience is quite different. You know, to actually feel the cold is different. Because it got to a point where even my younger siblings would, would want me to go out with them and would do skiing. Of course, when, when the snow was beginning to come in, those times, you know, it was not that serious. So I was very excited seeing it, but then you didn't have so much inches of snow. Then the snow becomes so, sometimes it could snow and it becomes so high that even driving out was a problem. It's not cool because sometimes you go out and then you, you want to, you know, play with your siblings or your friends. Sometimes you have to run back into the car and then enjoy the warmth of the car and they are outside playing. Yeah, sometimes I get so cold that, you know, my hands get to hurt me. So, yeah, I could even be wearing gloves, but I could feel some pain in my fingers. Hard times for me. Just walking around in the U.S., seeing the beauty, the fact that people, the city is actually clean. That's my one priority. The fact that you see the city clean without having people being, you know, littering things all about. It, I believe that's the first start because I don't see any development where you still have the city dirty. I, I, no matter how beautiful that your buildings may be, no matter how educated your population may be, I don't see any de development in any community or any city or any town if you still have issues with sanitation. So I think that is one of my greatest uh, priorities to see to it that perhaps we can get our people to change their behavior or attitudes towards littering. There's another project that I'm working on, which is computer literacy for development, also to encourage and then uh, promote and then uh, teach young children, you know, to have computer skills, basic computer skills, because it will surprise you that up to now, some children or some adults who are even teachers cannot even put on a computer. They don't know how to do that. So, and they are teachers in school. They teach mathematics, they teach uh, social studies, they teach English, they teach other subjects but they have no idea with how to use the computer or the internet. So we are doing this project to encourage that, where we train the teachers to give them basic skills where they, it could help uh, in their teaching methods. It could help them in do, do some simple research so that they could, they could present very well in class.
the whole experience has motivated us to do more volunteering in whichever way we can do so right now in the in my life the ripple effect has been that i'm actually running for office in my local community right now because i have gotten to a point where i feel the local um, authorities do not do what they are supposed to do that has gotten to me me to a point where i'm actually so motivated to take up community leadership so i want to go into that and i hope i win that election coming up very soon optimistic because i feel some good must be done but it's not big that i believe i have the skills i have what it takes to do what must be done but those who are supposed to do it they don't do what is supposed to be done i don't feel scared because i'm optimistic because if i didn't have if i didn't feel i had the capabilities or the skills or the motivation to do it i see it as things i can do but i'm not there so that that gives me more energy I can achieve what I want to do. Five years from now, I hope to see myself as the community leader that I am going into election for, and I hope to working working with the local um, government and the central government to bring development within just. the local community where i live but i don't see myself anywhere but in my community is produced by The Collaboratory, an initiative within the U.S. State Department's Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs, better known as ECA. My name is Christopher Wurst. I'm the director of The Collaboratory. 2233 is named for Title 22, Chapter 33 of the U.S. Code, the statute that created ECA. And our stories come from participants of U.S. government-funded international exchange programs. This week, Inusa reminisced about his time as a Kennedy Luger Youth Exchange and Study, or YES, participant. For more about YES and other ECA exchange programs, check out eca.state.gov. We encourage you to subscribe to 2233 and leave us a nice review while you're at it. And we'd love to hear from you. You can write to us at ecacollaboratory at state.gov. That's E-C-A-C-O-L-L-A-B-O-R-A-T-O-R-Y at state.gov. Photos of each week's interviewee and a complete episode transcript can be found at our webpage at eca.state.gov slash 2233. Special thanks to Anusa for sharing his stories. I did the interview and edited this segment. Featured music was Bones for Jones by the Clifford Brown Ensemble. Burst of Light and Cradle Rock by Blue Dot Sessions. The crowd noise you heard was none other than the moment Anusa hit the stage at the Austin High School Talent Show. Music at the top of each episode is Sebastian by How the Night Came, and the end credit music is Two Pianos by Tagirlius. Until next time.